up everyone it is me your favorite actor the hollywood assassin mark schwan replacing michael j putty for the week i am the host with the most and i am here with my good friend west isop's very own carson Nehoff. what is up my brother how's it going man i'm glad to be back i'm excited thanks for having me of course man of course west isop invasion we're like <laughs> we're like the elite you this know, is w- yeah, this is the guy <laughs> takeover right here, man. <laughs> Amen to that, bro. Bro, I mean, we were just talking like off the air. We haven't seen each other in person since before this quarantine. It's crazy. I know, I know. It's probably the longest we've probably gone almost, you know, subtract college. <sighs> I know it's been man. almost a year, it's been almost 10 months, 10 months at least. 10 months. My uh, my last day out and about of normalcy, March 11th. Yeah, March well, 11th, right. man. And that was right before it, man. That was right before. It was like the, the very next day. I got the email, like a work shut down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sucked, bro. I, I, I actually was out in a bar. I forgot the bar. It was in the Upper West Side in the city uh, with a friend of mine. She's a news producer. And I was like, all right, lay it down for me. Are you guys overhyping this or is this real? She's like, yeah, this is very real. If anything, we might be underhyping this. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? And then next day, boom. <laughs> And here we are in 2021 with uh, still watching fanless wrestling. <laughs> with like the shittiest noise possible. I know. Yeah. It, it's God awful, man. Uh, yo, so before we get into like wrestling stuff, uh, yo, let's lay it down, dude. Robert Sala, new coach of the New York Jets. We're finally getting to the new age of football, man. We're hiring some young coaches, innovative guys, uh, and, and – I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. It's like one of the few things they, that franchise has actually done. Uh, I think they've actually done it the right way. You know, you got a young, innovative coach. He's bringing, bringing LaFleur with him. So now as a new O coordinator, LaFleur's like our age. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. He's yeah, yeah, 34, our age. Yeah. And so it's like. So what, what do you think then? I mean, like, are they keeping Darnold? Are they going to trade yes, him? I think, I, I, I think yes. they're. Yeah, I think they're definitely keeping Donald. You have to build a team around him first, see what you have. And I think, you know, listen, man. Oh, but yeah. Carson, what about the fifth-year option? What about yeah. the – they're going to owe him $25 million. What about that? You have Zach Wilson. You have Justin Fields. Hey, Trevor Lawrence might drop down to two. Stop the bullshit. Let's just stop. Well, Trevor Lawrence isn't uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't dropping them a two zero percent chance. That's the reason why Irvin Meyer took the job in Jacksonville was because he's enamored with Trevor Lawrence. So for those exactly. who actually think that, sorry, newsflash, it's not happening. And also too, 
I'm not here to settle for second fiddle quarterback. If it was for Trevor Lawrence, different story. But it's not. Keep Donald. Build a team around them. Oh. Use the high picks. Oh, but we we can we can we can trade everything for Deshaun Watson. He's very unhappy in Houston. We can do that. Yeah, you're gonna sell the fucking farm for one player when you have a million holes in that team. It's just it's nonsensical. It, this is not to discredit Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is a stud. I think he's one A is Patrick Mahomes and one B is Deshaun Watson. And in the right, in the right circumstances, Deshaun Watson would be in the same level, I think, as, uh, as uh, Mahomes. And really quickly, you want to know what annoys me about like talking sports with a lot of people is like they think it's like a game of Madden. They, they think it's like a video <laughs> game. Like yeah. like they think we can just trade this and trade that. And there's why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we trading? Because there's another business side to everything. Totally. There's numbers that have to work out. There's contracts that have to work out. There's salary caps that have to work out. People just always think, oh, trade for Watson, trade this, this, and that. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't, you can't just hit the X button and all of a sudden you just give yourself the best player like you can in a video game. And then, like, if it doesn't work out, you can't just hit, like, oh, okay, I'll just unplug the PlayStation. Yeah. And over, you it's, know? And, and, <laughs> and about, I would say about over half the sports fans you talk to don't understand the business aspect of sports. They, they don't, don't get it. They don't understand. They don't think about it. So, like, that's why it's frustrating talking to And I have to say, so, some analysts are the same way. Like, you know, I, I enjoy listening to Rich Eisen. Uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a true Jets fan, but like, you know, some of the stuff he says, he speaks like a true fan, like with some of the fans you're talking about, but you know, meanwhile, I hear Keyshawn Johnson who's played for the Jets, who's played football, uh, who's had a very great, uh, good career in the NFL, who knows what he's talking about. He's saying, Hey guys, you guys are pulling the plug too quick to Sam Darnold. All of this nonsense you're talking about doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you can always just tell who's educated when they talk and who's not. Even people on TV, even the analysts, you know. It's just it's, – it's, it's frustrating. But, I mean, they better give him another chance, build a team around him. He's never had a chance with a team around him. Never. Never has. I, never I think with that, with that pick, you know, you could trade down if you're given, like, the right yeah, opportunity. Assets. I'm all for Devontae Smith, honestly. Devontae Smith, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, with a, with a later pick, draft the running back, possibly. Yeah. I mean, yo, we could be the Alabama Jets. I mean, you can technically you can get Devontae at two, or if you trade back down or wherever, three or four, he might still be there. And, and, and I think he, he may still be there. Because remember, you have other reasons. Like Jamar Chase is still in the draft. And also two. Jamar Chase, yeah. Yeah, and then draft, and then draft uh, Najee Harris for the second pick. And, and we're the Alabama Jets. Oh, my God. Najee Harris would be a phenomenal fit for that roster, especially considering the type of offense. What I think it would bring is like, you know, Obviously, Salah would build up that defense. You have that that strong, nasty defense in the Jets, New York Sack yeah. Exchange, and then you have that run game. You know, something that we had with like Curtis Martin back in the day. Yeah. You have you developed a play action pass. Sam Darnold yeah. is that type of passer. Two things here regarding that. Number one, you want to know what I loved that I heard after the signing was that I heard veteran players in the NFL use one word that I think is so important in all the sports, no matter what age you play sports or what level. But they said, and this is not just one person, okay, this wasn't just Richard Sherman. This is about two other veterans in the league. They said he's going to change that entire culture around. And that's think, the word. I think Joe Staley was one of them that said yes. that. Oh, that's right. Joe Staley said as well. Yeah. And, and that word, culture, the minute you hear veterans talking about a coach that affects culture, that is the game changer. You, you, yeah. you, you, know, you can sign whatever Pro Bowls you want to sign. You can do what the Philadelphia Eagles did and sign. Remember that one offseason? They signed like Nandi Asma and, like, and, then, and they had like the all-star team that year, right? And they sucked. Like you can do all of that, but if there's not a culture – Okay, it's not a winning environment. The last time they used a word like that with a head coach for the Jets, Bill Parcells. Yeah, exactly. And, and only a few coaches. And only few coaches can do that, man. Not everybody. 
like Ed, uh, Rob Sell is coming to the New York Jets a lot younger than when Bill Parcells came to the Jets. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you do have some pieces there. You know, you, regardless of what people say, you know, Sam Donald has shown raw natural ability to be a leader and, and to make yeah. the necessary throws that he has to. Uh, you have Quinn Williams. I think he's going to be a stud in that team. You have Mekhi Becton, all-star left tackle. And somebody they're not yeah. talking about is CJ well, Mosley. He's already a stud. He's going to be coming back finally. Yeah. I, I, imagine CJ Mosley being he played one being game the, in two years or two games in two years. Can you imagine Mosley being the, the, the leader, uh, the enforcer on that type of defense? <sighs> Give it to me, baby. I think and, Jamal Adams is greatly in that trade right now. <laughs> yep. And you know, another thing we forget about, too, you know Sam Darnold's only two years above the drinking age? He's 23 years old. That's another thing. Uh, what was it? Zach Wilson? Older yeah. than Sam Darnold? Yeah, I think Justin Fields yeah. is too, right? Yeah, dude. This guy's 23 years old. We forget how young he is. Quarterbacks are playing to the 35. Like, like he's 23 years old. Give him a chance. They need to stop this bullshit. Uh, we need to stop the bullshit because this is a wrestling podcast. There's sometimes I get ahead of myself. I think it's an NFL podcast. I'm like Pat McAfee here, but we do have to move on. To the news. Let's do it up. All right, Carson. So, in an update on the WrestleMania 37 location, the show will not be held in California, but it was noted that if the date of April 11th holds up, then WrestleMania won't be taking place at Tropicana Field in St. Peter, uh, Petersburg, Florida, or at the Amway Center in Orlando, as MLB's Tampa Bay Rays and the NBA's Orlando Magic will be using those venues. Raymond James Stadium is not a lock for WrestleMania 37 as of now, but the venue currently does not have any events planned for WrestleMania 37 weekend. So what's going to happen with WrestleMania 37 there, Carson? Where it's going to be? Do you think fans will be in attendance? Uh, what, what do you got? I think there will be a like one of those limited capacity type of deals. Um, I can definitely see them keeping it in Florida since Florida is very open to having fans in stadiums. You know, we watched college football games this year at what, Hard Rock State. What's the deal with the Super Bowl? Are they, they having fans? The goal is to have fans, yes. Like full-blown? or No, they... no, no. It, it, it'll probably be limited capacity of some sort. Um, I mean, th- I mean, there's fans at playoff games, you know, right now. Like, the, you saw right. Buffalo last week. There's, there's fans there. I think they had like seventeen thousand. I think in the attendance. I there. feel like that was the most amount of fans I saw actually in NFL game was at Buffalo, which was surprising because well, that's New York. Kansas City too. Kansas City as well. Kansas City's had had a decent amount of fans, um, especially lately. Like, but in, Buff- games. In, in, in Buffalo, I didn't see it spread out. Like you know, especially for yeah, like, oh, yeah. uh, a Cuomo State. Like you know, you thought like maybe it'd be like, a little bit spread out more, but it, it seemed like packed-ish. Like yeah, they were kind of yeah. on top of each other. I was surprised by that. That's Bill's uh, Mafia for you. <laughs> there you go. I mean, of course. I mean, that, that's exciting for them. Uh, Carson, yeah. no, Carson, I will not go back to football. <laughs> <laughs> so, WrestleMania. Okay, obviously, most likely going to be Florida. It sucks not going to be in L.A. I wanted to see it be in that, that dope-ass stadium. I thought that would be mad cool. Hopefully, awesome, yeah. Hopefully, down the line, it'll be there again. Uh, I'm sure this best up a lot of contracts, right? You, you think, like... You know, Raymond James Stadium, I mean, it's pretty much open. Nothing's going to happen in April over there. Yeah. They were supposed to have it there last year. Maybe some sort of deal went down, right? Like, hey. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too fond of the business side there in terms of, like, I, I'm not really sure what, you know, what goes down in terms of signing these stadiums and, like, cancellations of, like, like last year there. But, I mean. I mean, I it's, think, like, it's I, like the Olympics. It's, it's like yeah. a, a, the Olympics week or, or uh, 
or, you know, a, a Super Bowl type event, you know, where like, you know, it's WrestleMania weekend, like it's WrestleMania week, pretty much. You have a lot of events that goes on over there, it brings a lot of revenue to that city. You know, just even think about from an indie wrestling standpoint, all the stuff that goes on over there, building up shows with the venues, vendors, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go on uh, towards WrestleMania week. And last year, a lot of people lost a great payday, including the great people there of Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it, was, it, was, it was a big hit to the city because that, it, like you said, the revenue it brings in every year is enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I was thinking about too, do you, do you think and do you want WrestleMania to be two nights again? <sighs> Why did I have a feeling you going to ask me that? So, okay, here's the thing. I think, honestly, for what it was uh, last year, I think it worked very well. I, I think it worked very, very yes. well. But keep in mind, you know, there wasn't even a Thunderdome then. There, were, there was mm-hmm. no audience whatsoever. Uh, so they had the luxury of, like, splitting things up. They had the luxury of doing cinematic-style matches. They had the luxury of, you know, pre-taping some things. They keep it within their control, within their narrative, and to shorten up. And, you know, it goes down to editing, editing it properly. You know, there's a lot to be said about pre-recording something, as we do with our show. <laughs> but I don't want that to be the norm. I don't want it to be the norm at all. I think I, I've said this for a while now. Yes, WrestleMania has been too long, way too long. And, and the, the, the last WrestleMania is where there was a crowd. I was there at MetLife Stadium. Carson, I'm sure you were too. It, it, it was it was a long ass night. You know, I, I'm in my 30s. I, I I'm not kidding anymore. That that was that was tough, especially going back using the mass transit. Especially the transportation system stuck. Different story. I already ranted about that in the podcast when it happened, but. WrestleMania is supposed to be a novelty, right? WrestleMania is supposed to be the creme de la crop of wrestling, period. Not just WWE, of all of wrestling. You ask any wrestler, no matter what promotion they're in, no matter what they have to say about WWE, they're not going to deny, man, I really want to have a WrestleMania match. They're not going to say no to that. You know, everyone wants a WrestleMania moment, but it should be special. And I feel like for the last few years, WrestleMania has not necessarily been it's special. Time yeah, for great it is with Michael J. Putty. Remember back in the day, you know, you, you'd, you'd have WrestleMania where some of your favorites weren't on there. You had to earn your spot. You had to earn your spot. It's special. And now they hand out paydays like candy. I'm glad you mentioned that about payday because in real life, it is a bigger payday. Yeah. It's a bigger payday. So wait, what is this? Bonuses for everyone? What is Vince McMahon, Oprah now? You get a bonus. You get a bonus. You get a bonus. You get a bonus. Stop. Stop. It does no justice to WrestleMania. It does no justice to the fans. It does no justice to the people that are busting their ass to try to get a spot on there. Because you know what you get? Complacency. That's what you get. Make them hungry. Make them work for it. So when they do get the WrestleMania moment, maybe not this year, maybe even not next year, but when it finally does happen, it's that much more special. Um, I, another thing, too, that I'm thinking about that I just feel like they're going to keep it the long shows because now that you have AEW, right, you have, a, you have a rival promotion and you're trying to keep your talent from going to the other side, what better way to do that than to get them on that pay-per-view, get them on that card so that they get to taste – WrestleMania and be like, this is why I'm in WWE. Like, if, if, if you're holding... Yeah, uh, what, what are you going to put them in? In, like, one of those Andre the Giant Battle Royals? Well, number I, one... That, that well, number, well, number one, it's a payday. Number two, it's holding the carrot in front of their face and, and keeping them motivated, like, to stick around. You know, like, if you're keeping... If, and, and listen, I'm not saying I agree with putting all the talent on. I don't. I, I hate that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm an old school type of guy where I like my seven, eight, nine matches and that's it. And I don't want anything else. And I don't want a, a, a battle royal to get everybody involved. I don't, I hate that. But you know, if you're thinking about from a business standpoint and the rival promotion that AEW, listen, they're giving you competition. Deny it or don't, they're giving you competition. Um, you want to keep that talent happy in terms of WrestleMania is, is like you said, the creme de la creme. Of, right? Like that is what, like you, you fight, you battle, you grind 360 four days a year for that one night. You really do. Cause that is what you but want. It's no, it's no longer one night though. You talk about WrestleMania being two nights. It always in a way has been kind of like two nights or even three nights. Cause you have WrestleMania itself. Then you have the raw after mania and you have the SmackDown after mania. Well, yeah. Sometimes the raw after mania is bigger than raw than the mania itself. Now, like, you know, you could in a, in a theory have like someone say that didn't make their spot at WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, you, you have them in the Raw after meeting in front of a live, hot crowd. They're one of the best crowds in wrestling. It's probably the Raw after Mania. And you have yeah, them but, do a kill Yeah, but they want to – yeah, but you know what? You know, you know how wrestlers' egos are. They want to walk down that ramp in front of whatever it is, 60,000 people. They want to walk down that ramp. They want the pyro. They want the lights. They want that WrestleMania stage. That's what that, – that, that's you – know, You know what you know wrestlers want? And I, I agree with you, and I don't agree with you at the same time because I do know wrestlers very well. I'm a manager. And, I, and I've worked in a locker room with a lot of fellas and, and gals. And, yeah, you're right to a degree. Like, there, there is a lot of ego that goes on back there because, let's face it back, they're athletes. They're yeah. also performers. They're also business people. You know, there are wrestlers in there that, that can check their ego and know what a good business decision is. There are plenty of wrestlers, surprisingly, that do know that. Yeah. There, are there some that just go are, are completely ego-driven? For sure. But keep in mind, a lot of them go for that pop. They go for yeah. the pop. And well, that's the best. That's the, that's, that's, that's the biggest drug in the business. And, and sometimes the, the biggest pop they can get is most likely in that raw after media. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, like, for instance, you ask any wrestler, any, any, any WWE wrestler right now, and you say, what is your goal? I'll, 75% of them are going to say, to, to main event WrestleMania. Like, what is your personal ceiling? Like, for instance, like with basketball, right, in the NBA, what's your goal? Well, your goal is to, you know, get a match, to win a ring, to win a title. You know, that's, that's the title for wrestlers, that WrestleMania moment. Not everybody gets it. Not everyone gets it. Not everyone but, gets it. Not everyone deserves it. Yeah, 100%. But in the same breath, like, they – if you're a mid-carder, okay, say you're like Ricochet right now, right? Say you're, say you're Ricochet, right? Your goal is to be on that card in some sort of singles bout where you're getting – 11 to 12 to 13 minutes in the ring performing in front of those people that and and that alone that alone that's never you're never gonna get higher than that moment like for, for, for some of those guys so that's what they want and I, I feel like now like I was saying before my point with AEW Vince wants to give that to people so that they can taste what it feels like to be there and want to resign their contracts and want to keep working towards that goal of getting the WrestleMania. But then it, it, it waters down a product in my eyes. I mean, it, it, it does. And I think it's not even just my eyes, but a lot of other people too. We are going a little bit over in this subject, Carson. We could probably go back and forth all day on this. But we do have to move on. So during an interview, Eric Bischoff talked about the weakness of former WWE champion Brock Lesnar which he thinks is his microphone skills. He says this regarding Brock, there isn't anybody better inside of the ring, especially given his size and everything else. There isn't a better heavyweight champion in the world in terms of credibility and technical skill and ability to do amazing things in the ring. But Brock Lesnar's strength wasn't necessarily his microphone skills. And that's where Paul Heyman came in. 
Paul Heyman could tell a story in a much more effective, entertaining, and dramatic way than Brock Lesnar could. So having Paul Heyman as the advocate, as he liked to call it, for Brock Lesnar makes a tremendous amount of sense. Now, that's something I think we can all agree with, with Paul Heyman uh, being a huge asset for Brock Lesnar. With that being said, though, is there anyone, guy or girl in wrestling right now in that locker room, that you think that could benefit from having a Paul Heyman, from, being, from having an advocate? Like, you know, why, why is this something that we don't see more of? Well, well Bobby, Lashley, Bobby Lashley was the number one guy for me, and then they, you know, they gave him MVP. Oh, 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 which, which, yeah. which, which totally. I'll be honest with you, saved his uh, – I don't want to say saved his career. That's a little harsh. Well, but no, it saved, I mean, like Bobby Lashley has become way more interesting ever since. A hundred percent, yes. You give him a mouthpiece, yeah. Um, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Roman Reigns doesn't need one right now because of what he's doing. Now, I, I never thought Roman Reigns was a bad promo. I think we just looked at him in such uh, the, through these these focals that were so wrong to look at him through, and and he was a fun guy to hate to the point where we were going to pick apart no matter what I, what he said, no matter what. I disagree with that, but we can move on. To, to well, no, but but no, but listen, like look at him right now. What does Paul Heyman do? He doesn't talk much. No, he, he stays in the like, back. And Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns to me is the most interesting character right now on TV. AEW, WWE, he is the top dog, and I, I love what he's doing. And and it's not because of and Heyman helped, yes, but Heyman helped. I think more so behind the scenes actually, because now you see Roman Reigns being more it's, true to himself. It is it is it's, it's how condescending. As I, I was talking earlier about this, how condescending he is during his promos and when he's talking to people. He's an old school G. And you're just like, I fuck, I, I hate this guy, but I love this guy, mm. you know? And, and he's got at, and I, I really give him the credit because he, like, even like his facial expression, his demeanor, like how calm he is and how calculated he is, like, that's him. That, that's him playing a heel. And I, and, that and, fits and, him so much better. It fits his strength so much better than oh. him, like, you know, unnecessary smiling, the whole suckering sucker tash. Oh, I, man. You know, I mean, people don't forget, uh, you know, those were the promos that he was getting, you know, him. Forgetting lines against John Cena's promo, you know that Roman Reigns—they're trying to make him something he wasn't. Exactly. Roman Reigns is a natural heel. Yeah. You, you let him do this. You play, let him play up to his strength. You lean into it. You don't fight it. You lean into it. Mm-hmm. Guy's got a great look. He can work in the ring. No one was denying that. No one yeah. was denying that. But it was his character work. It was his promo work that people could not get behind because. Listen, we can smell bullshit a mile away, and we were being fed bullshit with Roman Reigns for a few years now. Well, except, except I, I now, think... now this is the, this is what we get. This is what we get. They have you unleash the true Roman Reigns, and Chris Jericho said it before. You know, once we see the true Roman Reigns, there's going to be no stopping him, and he was right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the initial hit on Roman Reigns was was WWE just shoving him down our throats. And then it became people picking apart his promos, and then it came people picking apart other things about him. I, and I, I think I think he got dealt a bad hand. And, and I never was a Reigns hater. I always I always respected his work, but I do think that a lot of people are a little too harsh on him, and were harsh on him because WWE was shoving him down our throats, and because Daniel Bryan was hot, and then he got eliminated, and Roman Reigns wins the Rumble in Philly, well, and, well, ever, and then I, the whole world it became the cool thing to hate him. Which I, I listen, I get that. I, you know, it, it may have some of it may have had to do with that, some of it, but I, I actually think like you know WWE did book themselves into a corner with Roman Reigns. I I, I think they did. They they kind of hit the button a little too soon with him. And, I, I, that's and, fair. That's and fair. I think, yeah, I think that's that's the price it got. I don't I don't honestly know. It was, 
if Roman Reigns necessarily wasn't ready, but it was just like bad timing or whatnot, or maybe just the fact you pressed it right when Daniel Bryan was getting hot. Yeah. You know, that's, that's I, a lot of things are going against Roman Reigns during that. But, yeah. you know, now he's hitting his stride. I think Paul Heyman had something to do with that behind the scenes. Uh, I know he's very high in him. But, you know, getting back to the, to the point here about managers, you know, we, we've seen great managers all throughout. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, obviously with Paul Heyman, with Brock Lesnar, you know, Bobby to bring Heenan with, I mean, pick one. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Jim Cornette even. You know, I mean, just think about how many people – Hey, we could just look at WWE by itself. I mean, I think we could personally talk about all of wrestling, but you just look at WWE by itself, how many people are in there who aren't necessarily great on the mic that could probably benefit from having a mouthpiece for them. Ricochet. Ricochet. He, uh, he, he, he I, I, I cringe. It's like when Bobby Lashley used to talk on the mic. I cringe when he talks. Hmm. He, talk, he, he, you know, he, he talks like a little, like, little, like goody two schoolboy. I'm like, Yo, he needs an edge to him. And he tries to do it, and it just sounds even worse. He needs to. He needs some sort of mouthpiece. But it's tough putting a mouthpiece on a babyface. It's tough. It's tough to put a mouthpiece on a babyface and make. Oh, it Jimmy work. Hart. Jimmy Hart did it yeah. for Hogan. Yeah, but yeah, but it's it's that it's a guy like Ricochet, a smaller talent. You have to find the perfect fit. You know, you have to find the perfect fit. I he's somebody that honestly he, he he's so entertaining to watch in the ring. He's so entertaining. Oh, like watching his stuff in NXT? Come on now, man. That was... But was, you know, it's, was, funny, it's funny about Ricochet. Sorry to cut you off. You know, they have this talking smack and uh, what's the one for Raw? Raw like, Talk? Yeah. Raw Talk, thank you. Raw Talk. Yeah, Raw Talk. You know, Ricochet was on Raw Talk, right? And uh, he, he had a pretty interesting moment on there. He got a little real. Yeah. And it, it was so different from any other promo that he ever cut on TV. You know, and, uh, and I was feeling for him. I was like, oh, this is some good stuff. You know, Drake Maverick even, you know, go back to like when he did the cuts, when he had that, that emotional uh, Twitter promo when he was fired. Like, you know, yeah. the, whole, the whole wrestling community got on his back and what happened? You know, he got signed. He got resigned. Well, well uh, and, and, I'll, t- and, and uh, I'll tell you why right now. Ready? It's so much easier for anybody in this world to cut a promo on themselves in a real-life situation then it, and remember the and 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 sorry guys spoiler the wrestling world isn't real it's a surreal world um, <laughs> for the most part all right remember these storylines for the most part and but but my my point is is that that suspension from reality some people can adapt to that and and cut a promo on a suspension from reality and some people can't I think any, I think everybody can cut a promo like you can be the worst promo guy in the world on the microphone in front of fans trying to sell something but the easiest thing to sell is yourself. So one thousand percent agree, but, yeah. but then, like you know, so that's why it probably lean, sounds better lean, on Raw. Talk. Lean into these strengths, though. Like that's what they need to do. I, I think they stop with this scripted bullshit and, and lean into it more. I mean, these guys are capable of talking. Yeah, you know, well, if, I mean, if if it's so hard to find a manager or a mouthpiece, if that if that's too uh, taboo or whatever, too passe, uh, you know, then then maybe like it's creative. Maybe but, maybe rip up the scripts a little bit. Maybe trust them a little bit more to speak. Make maybe it more reality-based. Yeah. Make it more reality-based. Hey, you want to go – I said it with Putty before. You, they want to go darker. They want to go edgier. They want to they go to the attitude area. You got to do what works. And, like, you know, we want now, to be maybe more real. Can I play devil's advocate for one second? Question. Well, not question, really. More of a statement. Like, okay, I, I, I agree with that, you know, and, and make it more reality-based for some of those guys who really can't cut a good promo. But now, now as, as, as fans have been watching this product for I don't know how many years now, 
how many times have we heard the promo? Or how many times have we heard a baby face when they try to make it reality based and they say, I'm sick and tired of losing. I, you know, I'm, I'm going for like that pretty much what, what Ricochet was, you know, referring to in terms of, you know, just kind of being looked over and kind of, you know, not, not getting that moment and not being, you know, not getting the rocket ship through his back. I don't even say it like verbatim like that. That's pretty much what he was implying. How many times have we heard that problem before? Oh, this is going to be my year. Oh, this is like, you know, it's it's tough. It's not easy. No, it's not. It's, not, it's you know, you're right. Face you're, like that. You're right. It's not but, easy. But you know, I mean, I mean, listen. They all have a social media. They all break kayfabe on social media, except for yeah. like one or two. You know, we all know their their everyday life. The, the dirt sheets are very easy access to everyone. You know, play up on that stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Oh, I haven't had my shot in eleven years. Give me my shot. You can do other stuff. You yeah. can easily do other stuff. You know, like. You know, even, like I, I said to Putty before, you know, like even when Nikki Bella had that feud with Ronda Rousey, when shots were blown about Nikki Bella's recent breakup with John Cena, which was very uh, fresh at that point. Like, whoa, did she go there? Did she yeah. go there? Like that, that was cool, some cool stuff. Like play up on like shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, Ricochet's got to do something badass on the side, man. He's got to get arrested or some shit. And then we'll believe him as being a little bit of or, or it goes, Or it goes back to having a mouthpiece, man. I'm a manager, so I would love there to be more managers out there in wrestling. Yeah. You know, because honestly, I love managers, man. Honestly, like, you know, some guys maybe or girls, they don't necessarily have the voice for it or, or they're nervous on the mic. You know, that could be a personal thing. And yeah, honestly, honestly like, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of promos. Right, indie wrestling's hot. You know, a lot of people in NXT and WWE, AEW, Impact. You know, a lot of a lot of them come from the indies. They don't necessarily teach them how to speak in indies. You know, I see a lot of the same old, same old uh, lack of passion, lack of uh, lack of direction. You know, a lack of excuse. And I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying everyone. You know, there are some damn good promo artists in the indie world. Some damn good ones. I've gone, I've gone head, to, head to head with Darius Carter. And that man can't fucking talk, let me tell you. Um, but for every Darius Carter there is in the indie world, there are a few people that, that can, can't even they, – they can't even speak up to me probably. And I'm not saying I'm the best out there, but, you know, with my acting background, and I, I can clearly cut a promo. I know that. Am I the best at it? I'll never say that, but you know, to get to that point though, it's, and I've spoken to quite a few people, like they, they focus a lot more on their craft, their in-ring work, which is phenomenal. Like they're, they're great in the ring. They're very talented. And I, I have respect for anyone that's willing to get into that ring to sacrifice their body because it is a sacrifice anytime they get in that ring. But at the same time, that's not the only aspect to it. There's the character work. There's, Cutting a promo, you know, and they forget that. <laughs> Shit, man. Like, what's the point of you sacrificing your body if you can't learn to speak or if you, can't, or if you don't even give a damn about your character? You know, that, ju that just never made sense to me. And, and I feel like you, you, the people that do make WWE, I feel like, or, or uh, AEW, I feel like, yeah, they, they, they invested in their character as well a bit. But, you know, not all of them can necessarily speak. 
Listen, uh, oh, no, continue. No, uh, you've and, I, and, I, and, I think, and I think that's why it's important that you have more managers out there or mm-hmm. have some sort of mouthpiece or, or even at the very least factions. You have, you have that person that's like, you know, the it person, you know, who, who has to look, who can wrestle, who, who's got the character down, who can talk. And then you have like another great, a few other great wrestlers who maybe can't speak. Are they the, not necessarily the lackeys, but they're part of the faction. You know, they're part of the boys or the girls the, in there. The Brian Cages of the world. I, I, I don't want to throw in anyone underneath the bus for this. But, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, it's got to make sense. Yes. You know, not everyone can fit that role. You can try. You can try. Hell, maybe with some work, it can help. But it's not for everyone. Yeah. And, and if, you, if we think of some of the best promos, uh, best wrestlers that can cut a promo that, that we've ever watched, they all have one thing in common. And it's not rocket science. They have one thing in common. And what is that? They were naturals. Mm-hmm. They were naturals. They are natural. They right there. You just have the it factor. You know, right. it's like you, 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 you hear that term used for athletes, you hear it used for wrestlers. It's you have the it factor. You can, you have it. You can put a microphone in your face and you can sell, you know, I think when, when they had Eric Bischoff when he, when he was trying out for WWE in like 1990, 1989 at first, whatever it was, they had him try to sell a broom. They say, sell this broom right now. And, and that's, that's how they figure. And, and, and Eric Bischoff was, was like, you know, okay, you know, how much to sell a broom? <laughs> but that's, that, that, that's a real story. You know, when he was trying out, for the, and, and he eventually, eventually got the job, and then he went back to, the, you know, went to WCW. But, you know, that's what they said. They gave him a broom, they go, sell us this broom. There's guys that can sell you that broom in a heartbeat, and then there's guys that are just like. You, know, you, you want me to sweep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, they they don't say no. Right. No, of course. And if you look at any top star, we're going to close this out real soon. We got to move on. But uh, if you look at any top person, that's ever existed in this company. What do they all have in common? They weren't all, they weren't necessarily, they weren't entering gurus. They're were all national speakers. Yeah. Every single one of them. That was a top star. That was a top star in WWE. You, you're never going to talk about, Oh my God, you see stone cold do that crazy flip out of the ring or, or the rock doing a, doing a code red or whatever crazy movie you want to talk about. No, no I, I think the only, the most naturally gifted athlete there was out of those people. And i as much as I love him, I probably won't even put him at status as his top star, Shawn Michaels. Can I ask you? I, I know we have to move on, and you can make this. A, you can make a quick answer, then we move on. I want to ask you one question: Would sure. you would you rather have a wrestler, okay, who can cut a hell of a promo but can't work, or a wrestler who can work really well but can't cut a promo? One or the other. I don't want explanation. Just give me what would you rather have? My answer <laughs> no. is I'd rather a wrestler that can sell himself. And listen, he can sting it up in the ring, but he can sell the shit out of storyline. I'd rather have that as in terms of being a viewer, okay, and a fan. I'd rather have that um, than than someone who can work really well and then can't really sell anything to the. Wow. Well, okay. The viewer. So, so I had one question before. Now I have two questions. Uh, first question: Define can't work. Do you mean they're they're not safe in the ring? Do you, do you um, mean like not not necessarily not safe, but they're but they're very green, very green in the ring. Okay. Very and now, and now, am I talking as a promoter or am I talking as a fan? As a fan. As a fan. As a fan. As a fan. No, I'm not talking about promoter. But I know safety comes in that. I, I'm, I'm talking straight up fan, a viewer of the product. What would you rather watch on TV? But here's the thing. You know, Paul Heyman, he's not a worker. You know, he, he can't work. But that man could draw. 
I, I, I can say, I've said this many times. I could sit down and I could watch a three hour Paul Heyman promo. I really can. Oh, I could, if, I, if, I, if I could have a guy narrate my life, it would be Paul Heyman. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I think so there's something like that speaks volumes for what you're saying. Yeah. You know, a, a person well, that can't, a person that can't work. You well, can, no, you I'm, can I'm, I'm talking about right. a wrestler. No, I'm talking about, listen, I'm not talking about some schmo off the street who, who literally came and do a wrist lock. I'm talking about like an actual wrestler who's trained, but listen, he's still green. He's not great in the ring. Would you rather have that or, and, and but can't cut a promo or somebody who, you know, or somebody who can really cut a pro, I mean, or excuse me, somebody who can work, but really can't cut a promo. That's it's that's well, it. then you're asking me, like, do I want someone like Brock Lesnar? You know, like, Brock Lesnar is someone that's phenomenal in a ring, but you know, WWE is the right thing, they put they pair him with Paul Heyman, yeah, that's fair, you know, and, and that worked out extremely well, yeah. So, like, I guess to answer your question, I'd, I'd go with that, or, or or somebody like John Cena circa 2006, you know, where he was a little still a little raw in the ring, still green, but he was. He can sell you anything. Oh, you know? you're talking he, about he, that he, level. See, okay, so John Cena. Okay, you told when he first started. Yeah, when he first started. That level, you talk about that level of green. When I yes. get green, when you're green, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think it'll be your worst right away. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about someone who's, like, respectable, but, like, you know, as, as a wrestler. I'm not talking about just some guy off the street that's going to, hey, come in the ring here and, and, and you know, can't even do a wrist lock, like Because <laughs> I could even do a wrist lock. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a tough one, man. Like, you know, the thing is, dude, really when it comes down to it, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It, you know, it, it's so rare to get that it person. You know, uh, I, I'm going to say person because I, I really think it could be guy or girl. You know, history has shown it's been mostly guys, but, like, I think a lot of women have been stepping up lately, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it can be a girl. I think Charlotte Flair is that person. I think Rhea Ripley can be that person. Um, as far as the guys go, I don't necessarily think any of them are. And that's again, that's not a knock on them. I think they're very good at what they do, but I don't, I don't necessarily see that it, that je ne sais quoi, that we saw with John Cena right away, you know, that we saw with Stone Cold Steve Austin, that we saw with The Rock for crying out loud, you know, yeah. we don't have that there. I, I think it's just so rare. I, I, I guess I would. I didn't ask you the question for you to say I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I would have to go lean towards B, so long as you fucking use them right. We do yeah. have to move on. Let's do it. We want the TV takedown, baby. Let's do it up. All right, Carson, TV takedown, baby. Did you watch all the shows this week? I did. Even Impact? No. I pulled oh, a putty oh, on oh, you. Oh, I pulled oh, a putty oh, on oh. you. <laughs> oh, no, not Impact. <laughs> all good, man. All good. I'm going to lead it off with you, man. What was your TV takedown of the week? My TV takedown of the week um, wasn't necessarily – I mean, I guess you could say it was a moment. But it was, it was something that we as fans need to do better of. And WWE actually proved it to us tonight. Is that they Friday night, he means. Friday night, he means. <laughs> Friday night, excuse me. Friday night, pre-recording. Um, on Friday night was the build to the Kevin Owens-Roman Reigns match. Really? Um, and, and, okay. how, and, 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 and how they did it with Adam Pearce. And, and just reading stuff on Twitter after last week's SmackDown – of, of even with a busted mic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, right? But like, it's it, it just it, it proved us one thing that even though we like to find every hole possible in, in WWE and exploit it, 
we as fans need to let storylines play out before we start mm-hmm. tapping away on our thumbs. And this, and this Friday, at the end of last Friday SmackDown, showed us that. That, listen, there is some de- you know, storyline development here. And the way, the way they portrayed that, and then now it's a Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, the way they did that just made the match feel a little bigger. And, and, and I liked how WWE kind of dragged us along for a couple weeks with Adam Pearce and Roman Reigns. And us, for a full week now, we're thinking about that match. Like, really, you know, they're posting it and they're promoting it, you know. And, and then now they throw a little curveball. And as fans, we need to let it play out sometimes before we start reacting to knee-jerk reactions to the way things are booked. And I actually like the way they did it. I'm going to agree with most of everything you said there. I, I think you're right. I think, especially with Twitter being a very popular forum for wrestling fans, I think it's very easy to, to type your feelings right away. I mean, hell, even myself, I, I was scratching my head. I, just, I didn't necessarily type it out, but I was scratching my head. It's like, really, they're going to go with Adam Pierce versus Roman Reigns? I mean, good for Adam Pierce. Um, you, you know, I respect the hell out of him for what he's done in wrestling. Twitter was up in a storm about it. I'm like, guys, yeah, there's something, I mean, there's something more here. We're not that right. Not that stupid, are we? Right, right. And so I was like, all right, let's just, let's see how it plays out. Now, okay, here's where I'm going to put my story hat on here. I feel like they pushed the button too soon on this. I feel like it could have been more effective if they waited till like the week of the Royal Rumble, so the SmackDown before, or even at the Royal Rumble itself. You know, like I, I feel like they. I could, I, I could, I, I. That's fair. That's a fair point. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, like if you wait to the Royal Rumble itself, I, I, I think that would be awesome. The, the, yeah, the Royal Rumble itself, or even like the SmackDown before the Friday night right before that. Like, they would be like holy shit, really? I mean, that, I feel like that would have gotten like a bigger reaction. Just drag us for week. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't necessarily know why they pulled pulled the trigger so fast with this. I, sometimes I sometimes I think, man, and I don't, I don't know if you, if you think the same way. Sometimes I think, and that's why I, I don't like social media sometimes, because companies pay attention. They do. WWE definitely pays attention to what's going on, what's being said. Do you think that maybe they 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 read off these reactions of guys? What did we do? Should we should uh, you know? I mean, should we pull the trigger now? Let them know, like, hey, it's all a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 it all comes back to having competition. It's like you know you're fighting for viewership, and you know ratings right now are, are, are lower than they you know you know for maybe not SmackDown but like for Raw like ratings are a little scary right now in terms of what they used to be a couple of years ago. It's the same time this past I month. I mean, there's been a lot of crazy news events going on. Everyone's yeah. using the ratings in the news. A hundred percent, yes. But and and also too, like you know, ratings aren't actually like. You know, it, it's not to get into the business side of things, but like WWE doesn't care about ratings as much as they used to. They don't. Um, there's so much more that goes into what they actually it, care about in terms of revenue. But, let's face the facts. It's a Royal Rumble. Every, everyone, every, even, even like old school wrestling It's the best pay-per-view of the year. It's the best pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. You, you, everyone's watching. In my opinion. It yeah. is. But it's just, I mean, it's, so it's one of those things like, listen, like if there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions and, and you know, maybe that's, maybe that's why they pulled, they pulled the rug earlier. I don't know. Um, but either way, though, I like the way they did it. I like the way they did it. They dragged us along for a little bit. They let, they showed the fans, listen, we got this. Just tune in. We got this. And, and I, I just, that, like I said, that was my moment of the week. It was kind of seeing that develop at the end of SmackDown. Because I'll be honest, as, as now that you think back on it, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Why wouldn't they do that? But like, now, I wasn't it's expecting it. You know, it's time for this really week's TV signed, I, you know, I, I wasn't expecting everything that came after that. Well, as soon as Adam Pierce spoke, I was like, all right, something's up. 
Yeah. And by the way, Adam Pierce, that was a horrible acting job with the hook with your leg there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sell that a little bit better, my man. I know it's supposed to be a fake injury, but my man, come on now. Uh, but no, honestly, I, I'm looking forward to that match show. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Uh, that should be a good one. They have good chemistry together. I've told Putty before, I think the storyline, because they, they've wrestled before, they've had storylines before, but I feel like this storyline beats out any other storyline that they've had together. So yes. uh, this will definitely enhance that story. Uh, my takedown of the week was actually uh, the very same night for SmackDown. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro, I thought was the best match of the week, hands down. I agree. Uh, you know, I mean, I probably shouldn't say hands down because there was some damn good tag team wrestling on NXT. But, yeah, SmackDown itself, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, amazing chemistry. Cesaro won clean. Yeah. Cesaro won clean, man. I, I definitely did not see that coming. Like, you know, it's funny. Before going into it, I'm like, you know, Daniel Bryan's getting a lot of screen time. They're talking him up. You know, he's looking good. Well, you know, I, he's probably, I think, you know he's on the creative team for SmackDown. No, I know, I know. He, he, has, a, he has a big saying creative. That's why you have to love him, though, because he's putting guys over. I, I at, know. He's, he's one a, foot in, one foot out. Like, he's, he's, he's going to retire. Selfless, selfless guy right there, man. Selfless. Oh, team player, definition of. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I was like, I think Dana Bryan might win this thing. I think he might win a Royal Rumble. Now I don't know who's going to win a Royal Rumble. Like, a lot of people have uh, momentum going in. You know, yeah. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro now, Daniel Bryan. Um, I can't really think of anyone in Raw that's got the same type of momentum, honestly. But <laughs> no. But, like, you know, wh- who do you see, Carson, uh, since we have you on the show right now? We're going to go through <laughs> predictions next week, I'm sure. Uh, who do you see, like, you know, having the most momentum going to Royal Rumble to, to possibly take it down? In the men's side, at least. Well, I, well, I, you know, you asked me, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have told you Big E, but now Big E getting the Intercontinental title, that's WWE's token of saying, okay, we don't have to have you win the Rumble now. You know, you have the IC title. Mm. Oh, man, it's, it's sure. you know, that's, yeah. You know, if, if, if he didn't win the Intercontinental title, I would, I would, I would throw as a betting man. Ah. I, would throw him on, I, would, I would say Big E's winning it. But you know, We always got the ultimate warrior factor there, too. You know, I mean... Yeah, but yeah, I just I, – they haven't done it recently. I don't think they're going to do it. And like I said, I think that title change was them saying, we don't have to have you win the Rumble. And I think it's honestly too soon for Big Here's your compensation. Well. Yeah, no, I, I think it is as well. And, well, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of guys like, – like, there's a lot of guys that I'm, I'm looking at right now. It's like, like they're going to have Sh- – like, Shinsuke win it again, you know, and, and then where's he going to go from there, you know? Right, uh, right. Like, I mean, AJ Styles maybe? AJ Styles could be a good one. You know, and, and be a very good one. They just had him, you know, like they just had him have to win a match to get into it, you know. So it kind of like, you know, shows a little bit that you know he's got to work to get there, and 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 he did. I mean, AJ Styles is 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 one I can think of. I mean, it's it's weird because it really isn't somebody right now that like you're like, you know, Keith oh, Lee maybe. Keith it's, Lee's another one. Uh, exactly, Keith Lee's another one. Like normally, normally Royal Rumble season, especially this time mid January. There's always like three guys where you're like, okay, it's definitely one of these three. Right. I don't know who's it going to be. Right. And, and some years we're like, oh, well, we all know he's going to win it. You know, we like, like we all knew the year Rollins was going to win it. You know, we all knew the year Reigns is probably going to win it. Um, this year, I kind of like it though, where it's like you don't know who the hell is going to win this thing. Could it be the and, Fiend. Could it be Randy Orton. Yeah. It, could it be? Could it be Brock Lesnar? Could it be someone that we haven't seen in in a, a long time. Seen, yeah. And the funny thing is, like, I was talking to one of my friends earlier today about this, and he said, I bet you WWE doesn't even know who's going to win. They don't. They you actually know, don't. Like, they actually doesn't... don't. So that, that was something I was going to report on, too. They, they, uh, apparently, they, they have no idea what the fuck they're going to do right now. 
They have no idea. And I love it like that. You wonder why? Because we're going to be for a surprise. They said everything is in the cards. Yep. Everything's on this table. Right. So it's going to be interesting, man. For all we know, fucking Edge might win the thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Because a lot of people do have momentum going in. And same for the women, too. I, I don't necessarily know who's going to win the women's side. I, I think I Bianca pers- Belair. You think Bianca Belair? I, yes. I would probably say Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get a monster push in the car, that's the way to do it. But I, I think Bianca Belair is – I think I, she's like – I think she's like uh, – like, I think she's like a heavy favorite, in my, in my opinion, to win it. Too soon, though. I don't know. I mean, I know. I sense hypocritical because I just said Rhea Ripley. But, like – I feel like there's still like an untold story there with Rhea Ripley as far as like the uh, what happened last year. I, I also have a feeling we're going to see Charlotte versus Asuka, either Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. I, and I think Charlotte's going to win the strap again. And I'm, okay. I'm okay with every time she wins the strap. Yeah, same, same. I'm not a hater. I actually love Charlotte. She's the best. She, she, she's the best female performer in the world, and, and that we've ever seen. And I have no problems with her winning it every single time. And I I'm think. Not- and I'm not sick of her one bit. If Rhea Ripley wins Royal Rumble, faces Charlotte again at, at WrestleMania for, for the, the Raw Women's Championship, and Rhea Ripley wins, I mean, I think people are going to forget a lot about what happened last year. Yeah, and, 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 you, can and, play off, and you can play off that storyline from last year. You know, you can play off that. You can use that as fuel Bianca to sell Blair, that match. Bianca Belair still has some time. I don't, I don't necessarily think her winning the Rumble actually would help her. I actually think it might hurt her in a way. Uh, because I don't think she's ready for that yet. I think honestly, by SummerSlam, by SummerSlam, I can see her being champion, uh, yeah. being a champion. You, and and you, the thing with Rhea Ripley too is that the minute now she's already had a little taste of the main roster. The minute she comes on the main roster, she's a main event player. Mm. She's a main event player. Totally. She, totally. She, she, need, she needs to be in the top storyline. She needs to be put the strap the rocket to her back and send her right up right up to the moon. Like that's she is that type of performer. She has the look, and, and it's a different type of look. It's something we haven't seen before. Unique. You know? It's just a and very unique look. It. And you know, it's funny. You, yeah. look, you look at old And believable. You look at old pictures of her. She kind of looked like Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of. And like, she did a, very smart, yeah. did a very smart move. Like, she was like, yeah, they already have a Charlotte. I don't know if someone told her or if she took it upon herself. But, man, she, she went a completely different way. And it works. It completely uh-huh. works. It's yeah. badass. I, I think what Jim Cornette described her as a uh, – as an action star? Yeah. I see it. I, I, I totally see it, man. And I, I want to say, um, so speaking about the women, a little quick pivot here. Kudos to Alexa Bliss, man. I thought that, that Fireball segment was pretty fucking cool. Awesome. I thought, I thought it was really cool. Randy Orton totally oversold it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I didn't see it. I actually jumped out of my chair because I didn't see it coming. I, yeah. And I, what I love the most about it, um, was what happened right before she shot, shot the fireball. Uh, when she puts her hand up and you see pain yeah, on her hand. Yeah. And, 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 I, and when it happened, I'm watching and I'm like, wait, she's really making sure that we see that. I'm like, what's going to happen here? I'm thinking like the fiend's going to come from behind and get, and all of a sudden it's just like, boom. And I was like, oh shit. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, you have my attention, you know? And then it, they, they went off the air and, and I loved it, man. I, that's my favorite part though, when she showed pain on, on the hand and i was just like yes oh dude i totally you have me. that man like you have me alexa bliss has just been so consistent with her character she's done such a good job but you know we've, we've hardly seen her in the ring though we as as this character or even with uh bray wyatt by our side uh this coming monday 
Uh, she will be in a ring with Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion. And it had me thinking. It had me thinking real fast. Like, you know, what would happen if Alexa Bliss, I mean, would she – would she benefit from winning the strap right now, or, or should she be treated like? No, the, no. She, should they treat her kind of like the fiend? Just keep her completely away from that she, thing. She doesn't. She doesn't need it. She doesn't need it right now. She's she's arguably like the most over woman's competitor on both brands, and she hasn't even wrestled in. You know, she's barely wrestling. She's barely wrestled. Barely. And she's wrestled. the most over. No, you don't you see that. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you don't put the strap on somebody that doesn't need it because you can have now. Now instead of having. All in one, you could have two separate entities that are getting over. She's right. already over. Whoever has the belt's gonna be, or hopefully gonna be over. And and now you have a strong women's division that's carrying yourself through 2021. I would, yeah. I would love to see her wrestle more, though. I, I will say that. I, I just want yeah. to see her, uh, do some more stuff in the ring because she is very good in the ring. I mean, obviously a former, wait, a three-time women's champion, three or four times. Yeah, I yeah, lost around track there, yeah. with her. Well, I know um, she had the she had the couple of concussions, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's she, kind of probably taking it easy for a little bit, yeah. Probably, yeah. Hey, probably the best thing that ever happened to her in terms of her character, right? Dude, her, <laughs> this character work she's done, she's always been very good with her facial expressions. Oh, uh, yeah, she, but, but, you know, this... She oof. was always a solid bitch, you know? She <laughs> but then, and, she, surprisingly enough, she actually played the good guy very well. Yeah, no, it's, exactly. But it's, I, I didn't think she would be able to. I, I just love when she was a bitch, and I was like, oh, this girl's – it's all I would say. Like, she's a bitch. But you know what's but, funny? You know what's funny, though, with her? I, I, maybe I shouldn't be so, so surprised because you see her in social media. You, you saw her even on uh, Total Divas when she was in that one season. She's a very yeah. likable person. Oh, so likable. Very yeah. likable Oh, uh, yeah. She, she, she has a pet pig. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, she got she a pet pig. She has a pig. pet pig, yeah. So, that like, takes a great human to have a pet pig. <laughs> but, like, no, totally chill. Like, seems like the nicest person in the world. Yes. Uh, you know what to say about the nice people. They play the greatest heels, a la me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, so she, she, no matter what they give her, she, she knocks it out of the park. That, I yeah. think that's what I'm getting down to with Alexa Bliss. And uh, I, I'm excited to see more of her work uh, in this character in the ring. Uh, curious to see how that goes down on Monday night and where that leads to next, possibly from there. But Carson, I, I, that's all for I have for takedown. Uh, do you have anything else for TV or? No, that's on? it. No, that was solid, yeah. All right, let's move on then. Carson, we're running pretty low here on time for the show, but there's one thing I did want to bring up. There is one thing I wanted to bring up here. So we saw Triple H on Monday Night Raw. Never get tired of seeing those two together, Triple H and Randy Orton. Never get tired of seeing those two. And Triple H still got it, man. But, you know, it makes me think. You know, Triple H has always had some great WrestleMania moments even later on in his career. And I'm thinking, you know, who is the guy? Who is it going to be to retire Triple H at WrestleMania? Who's gonna, who would Triple H's last match at WrestleMania be and why? Who do you think, Carson? Oh, that's such a tough question. Now, here's the thing. The easy answer here is somebody who, who obviously is, is, is not, not going to happen, but the easy answer here is Shawn Michaels. Okay, I can see why that's, you say that, but like, that's, obviously that's, not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's the easy answer, um, and there's so much storylines that you can, go, you can do with that. Like, it's funny. I was actually thinking, what if it was Daniel Bryan? And it kind of comes, right. comes all back around from WrestleMania 30, you know, and now he's the guy that retires you, and also he's also the guy that you said couldn't be a top guy. Oh, man. Small. That's a story. That's you a story. Can, and it can all come back around, and you know it. It can the match can end. Triple H is 
shoulders are on the mat, one, two, three, you get up, shakes the hand, and, 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 and that's the, that's like, it's not, I mean, it's obviously not the passing of the torch because Daniel Bryan is kind of in his, in his late years here, I think, but it's, it's just a sign of ultimate respect that, you know, hey, listen, those small competitors, smaller guys, like, you're right, you can be a top guy, and you're the guy who retired me. And yeah. place, and, and there's a great history there at WrestleMania, and I think that would it, it would be a good story behind it. I posted this question on Twitter actually. Got a lot of interesting answers. Shawn Michaels actually did come up on here a couple times. Yeah, uh, Daniel Bryan did not come up at all. You know, I uh, Stuart. I'm trying to think outside the box. Uh, we have at S Lawson one four one seven talking about Adam Cole, the king of NXT versus the brain of NXT. That would be an interesting way to go. Uh, let's see. We have let's see at Sport Eclusive Orton. Then Orton should retire Cena when they clash for the vacant WWE Championship, breaking Flair's record. Then McIntyre uh, retires Orton. Long form storytelling, but I, you know Orton would be an interesting choice though. Yeah, even if they go with like that long form, that's pretty. That's pretty long. Yeah, but I just know, think I just think it, I just think with Orton, it's something that we've seen too. I mean, I, listen, I can I can watch him wrestle every week if we had to, but I think in terms of story. Like, they have the great story with evolution and, and, and all that. But, you know, and, and, and Orton being, like, the legend killer and all this. But I just think we've seen that match too many times already to the point where it's, like, it kind of takes away from the luster of that final match because we've totally. seen it a million times. No, you know? totally. My answer uh, was AJ Styles. I think AJ Styles will be a very, very interesting story there to tell. Um, and just think about the in-ring action for that, too. I think that would be a barn burner match. Yeah. But just the story itself, like, you know, AJ Styles, uh, his road to WWE, and then you have Mr. WWE himself, Triple H, you know, who, who may have been behind the whole AJ Styles not being in NXT. I, and uh, so if – uh, In a WWE, excuse me. Yeah, and, and I, I don't hate that answer, but if you're going to do that, I think it needs to be very, very long-form storytelling. Hmm. Like, you need, to, you need to make that marinate for, like, eight, nine months – and if, if not longer and, and kind of, you know, because I, I think the way, I think the way top guys need to go out of the company is with like storylines that like, that you're kind of bringing back around from their past, you know? And I, 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 and I feel as if like, that's how, that's how, that's how magic happens. You know? I feel like it'll be like, it'll be a la CM Punk in a way when Triple H feuded with him. It would be kind of some. It would be kind CM of. CM Punk would be a great answer, right CM, there. CM, actually, CM Punk. Someone did respond. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have the phone in front of me right now. That's but a story. There was an answer right there. Some some people say KO, but you know, AJ Styles would be interesting too because like, you know, I, I could hear Triple H already saying like, "Listen, kid, you couldn't beat the Undertaker. What makes you think you're gonna beat me?" <laughs> yeah. You mean saying stuff like that and just keep on bringing up stuff like that and just keep on bringing up the past, and again, like you know. We all know that match will be a five-star classic. Yes. It'll be a five-star classic in the ring without a story. But with that story, forget about it. But, yeah, I mean, Lord knows, man. We don't even know when Triple H is going to hang up the boots, man. That man is in phenomenal shape. And you uh, know what? You know what I felt, too? The minute he came out on Raw, I, I felt like I was home again. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you, know how stale, mm -hmm. you know how stale Raw has been some weeks? How stale it's been. SmackDown's blowing out of the water. When Triple H came out, I literally felt like, ah, this is <laughs> this, this is wrestling. And the way he just, yo, know, the, the, the way he cuts his promos, like he he can sell any story. And and it's it's the fact that he, like he had to get involved, you know, in the product because of Drew McIntyre. He comes right out, doesn't miss a beat. 
No. Doesn't miss a beat. No, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't miss a beat at all. Big fan of Triple H, man. The only thing I was missing was the, was the pop of the crowd. Oh, like, yeah. Like a real organic, authentic pop. Not this bullshit noise that we've been hearing, but hey, yeah. I think we just came full circle right there. Carson, where can they find you, my man? Do you have any go-home thoughts before we let you go or no? Um, I, I, normally I do, but today I don't. Today yeah. I don't. No. I, I think, I, I we covered like, so much. We spoke about so much. I think you took all my thoughts out of me, and, and, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I feel good. All right, cool. So then, all right, lay it on them, man. Give them your ats. Where can they find you? You can find me at, at Carsey Smooth on Instagram, at Carson Niehoff, N-I-E-H-O-F-F, on Twitter. Holla at your boy. All right. And as far as I go, you can just go to my website, yourfavoriteactor.com, and all my social media links are on there. Carson, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Dude, I cannot wait to hang out with you in person. It's going to be like an all-night bender. We're going to have some crappy-ass food, a lot of drinks, mm. lots of shots. I don't want it any sure. other way, yeah. I, I, want the, I want the crappiest food, and I want the coldest beer, and I want the most disgusting shots possible. Absolutely, along with some like, great 80s, 90s music. It just rock out. Facts. You remember those days, man? You remember oh, those? Yeah. You could go to Nutty Irishman, which is closed now. I know. I'm, you know dance, dance floors, man. I'm going to be rusty. Can I ask you something? What's up with Higby here? Uh, Higby uh, Bagels. Are they, are they done? They're done. Fucking Christ, dude. I think they're done. Yeah. Now it's, I think it's, yeah, I think they're done. <sighs> we should kill my child. All right. We're, we're just going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for joining us. You can tune us next week. We'll be back in action with myself and Michael J. Putty. In the meantime, Schwan is out. <laughs>